what is going on you guys and welcome back to another video if you're new to the channel here my name is brandon and we're back with another etf video in my last video we covered some high income etfs for canadians well here we're toggling over to a completely different type of etf the all-in-one etf it's a completely separate category it's got a completely different objective but these are some awesome investment options for diy diy investors right here in canada in today's video we're going to be going over vgro very popular you may have heard of it we're going to be going over xgrow which is essentially a very similar fund from a different provider we're going to kind of compare and contrast we're going to be talking about a higher growth option if you're somebody that wants to be more aggressive uh, in XEQT, and we're going to be finishing off with zbal which is a bmo fund that is a balanced all-in-one etf basically what i'm saying here guys is we're going to be covering a full suite of options for all different types of investors we're going to kind of have middle ground stuff more growth stuff more balanced stuff and then some all-out growth if you want to put it that way 100 percent equities all-out growth a quick word on these all-in-one etfs these are phenomenal options when you're an investor that essentially wants to just simplify things right if you like the idea of being that passive hands-off investor who just wants to keep things as simple and as streamlined as possible even if you decide to go the route of index fund investing which is a very popular strategy that a lot of people want and choose to do very successfully rather than going and picking a variety of funds like a canadian fund and a u.s fund and an international fund and a bond fund and managing multiple funds you can essentially buy one product one package like a one-stop shop these do often come at a slightly higher MER. So the fees that you'd pay be paying to essentially get this bundled product, they do tend to be a little bit higher, still very, very reasonable at the end of the day. And that's the trade-off that you can make for yourself, whether those higher fees make sense for you to have literally one product and a one fund portfolio. As we'll see, there's basically funds within the fund. I'm just going to close us out a great reminder our investing academy is down below guys if you want training courses we literally have 100 plus hours of training courses for 20 dollars a month you'll learn all about this and more uh, when it comes to diy investing in the stock market but um, let's get started here today guys if you enjoy give this a thumbs up we're going to be starting with the vanguard growth etf portfolio again the ticker you'd be looking at is vgrow vgro and today they're trading for just under $30. Now, when it comes to looking at the performance of these, because these funds are relatively newer, like these all-in-one package funds, are they're actually a relatively new product in the Canadian scene. You don't have that much history to look back on. Now, that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It's just that, to me, looking at the returns, as we'll look at in a second, it doesn't tell us a full picture, right? It's not like these stocks have... Well, what's fascinating is that the holdings within these all-in-one bundles do have long history. So we can actually look back at the track record and make sure that they're good funds, but the bundled product, the one that you'd be buying, the all-in-one, these are relatively new. So the performance doesn't really tell the whole picture. Nevertheless, let's toggle over to this Vanguard page, which again, everything will be linked down below as always, if you wanna go follow along or check it out later. Let's go ahead and start here with the management fee. All right. Now with these products, as mentioned, there is a fee and often it is a little bit higher than just a broad-based index fund the mer sits at 0.24 percent which again is just extremely cheap at the end of the day like if you were to compare that to a mutual fund which pay two or which you pay two to 2.5 percent on an average equity mutual fund this is just peanuts in the big scheme of things guys the way i like to look at mers as i always say is that if you invested a hundred dollars into this fund each and every year the fee that you'd be paying is essentially 24 cents 
on a hundred dollar investment. So just let that sink in. Obviously you'd scale that number up if, um, you know, you're investing more money, which maybe you would, hopefully you will be, uh, if you are looking to invest a little more seriously, but maybe start with a hundred, who knows, but to nevertheless, 0.24%, very, very fair for an all in one bundle product these distributions for so the income that you're receiving from this fund is quarterly and just looking at the trailing 12 month yields, basically looking back what they paid out in dividends or distributions was 1.86%. So a nice little income boost, definitely not a dividend specific stock. If you want high yield, that was the last video that I did, but nevertheless, this is a fund that's here for growth and we see $3.3 billion in AUM. So there is a lot of money in these products. These are trusted by a lot of investors out there. And just to go over a very brief overview, VGrow or the Vanguard Growth ETF portfolio seeks to provide long-term capital growth. That's important because this is the objective is to grow wealth over a long period of time by investing in equity and fixed income securities. So important there and fixed income. This is not an all equity portfolio. The asset allocation, as we'll look at in a second, has growth stocks as well as some bonds. So in a sense, a balanced portfolio, but still definitely more growth focused. If you actually scroll down over here, we see that they strive to maintain a long-term asset allocation. Again, basically the breakdown of how this fund's gonna be invested, 80% equities and 20% fixed income. So it's fair to say that if you invested in this one product, your portfolio would be 80% stocks, 20% bonds, or 20% fixed income, which is a safer type of asset, a nice healthy mix of both. As mentioned, um, relatively new inception date, 2018. So as you go down to these charts, again, I don't think you're getting the full picture in terms of returns, right? You don't even have a five-year return or a 10-year return. And since inception, it says here, this fund has grown by 6% compounded. But again, keep in mind, like we've gone through a pandemic, the COVID pandemic, and we've gone through whatever crash we're going through now. We've also gone through some good times. So it's just a short sample size that I wouldn't really put too much weight on this. If you were to ask me what types of returns you could expect from a fund like this, well, if you looked at an all equity fund, like one that we're going to talk about later, like let's say an S&P 500 fund or a fund that only invested in stocks, those would probably return somewhere in the seven, eight, nine percent range over a long period of time, depending if you're factoring in inflation or not. With this fund, because you have an element of bonds, you are giving up a little bit of growth but still you're still going to be capturing a lot of growth so if i had to just throw some rough numbers out again i can't predict into the future but in my opinion a fund like this would happily return an investor six seven eight percent over a long period of time that's what i would personally be aiming for if i went into a, a growth fund like this but uh, again only time will tell let's scroll down and show you guys what this fund is comprised of okay before we move on to the next one and that's this little portfolio section as mentioned 80 percent stocks 20% bonds, that's how your money will be split up and you got basically a minimal amount here in cash reserves. This fund, under their characteristics tabs, let me shrink this down for you guys. Or let me just move myself over here for a little bit, okay? The number of stocks held within this basket is 13,674. So nearly 14,000 stocks by buying one product. How crazy is that to think about? We all know in understand how important it is to diversify and to spread our eggs amongst different stocks so that we're not all concentrated in one space. Well, there's no way that you could go out and buy these stocks yourself. Um, it's That's just a mind-boggling number to think about. You could be investing in 14,000 different companies out there. If you look down here, it's even a more staggering number when it comes to the bonds. Over 17,000 bonds that make up the bond component of this portfolio. It's just wild how 
how diversified a product like this is. But um, to move down a little bit further, this will basically explain what you're investing in. And it's very important for you to understand if you buy these products to know what you're investing in and what where your money is essentially being broken up into. Well, as we can see, and, and if I didn't mention this already, how these products work is they are an ETF made up of other ETFs. So an index fund or a, yeah, an index fund made up of other index funds that all kind of have different sections. And the largest position in this Vigro fund is the US total market index ETF. Essentially giving you exposure to the US stock market. So all of our big US companies, well, that will be found in this fund. This represents 35% of Vigro. You have your FTSE Canadian fund or your FTSE Canadian all cap, all market cap index. Obviously your big Canadian stocks are gonna be here. This comes in at 25%. You have your FTSE developed all cap world or developed all cap excluding North America. When you see this little EX, that means excluding. So think about that. It's the world, at least the developed nations and developed markets, excluding Canada and North America. Well, this is gonna give you your international exposure sitting in at about 15%. You have a Canadian bond fund, you have an emerging markets fund. So some smaller, more emerging uh, nations and markets. These do tend to be a little more volatile. However, they do often provide some really good growth opportunity. And this comes in at a 5% weighting, which I think is very, very fair. You don't wanna go too crazy in these. Then you have a uh, global bond fund and then a US bond fund. These would make up that 20% bonds. So if you were to look down here, guys, basically uh, capitalization, the size of the companies, you're looking at large and mega caps, okay? For 80% of the portfolio, but you do have some exposure to some smaller caps. Uh, this is very important here. Like, again, you may have got that from looking at the holdings, but if you were to look at geographically how your money is gonna be split up, well, primarily US, which I believe is the way that it should be. It's the largest and greatest market out there. No offense to Canada, but it is a more powerful and stronger and more prosperous market. It actually does better returns over long period of time than Canada. And um, Canada comes in at second, 30%. I'm very, very pleased with that. Then you have a variety of different exposures to other you know, international companies such as Japan, UK, China, France, Switzerland, so on and so forth. Actually, a good way to look at this is if you go to a page like this, Again, these are all on their website. It will show you basically the breakdown of the various funds kind of in a pie chart. So you can visualize it a little bit better where the breakdown is. So these two are your Canadian and US funds. I love that. You have your international exposure and then a variety of others. Uh, I'll toggle back here. I know we're taking a long time on this one, guys, but I hope you guys are enjoying the, the walkthrough and explanation. But um, very important as well to understand what sectors you're investing in, right? What areas of the market are you investing in? And here we have the largest weighting to financials coming in at just shy of 20%. You have technology coming in at the second largest, industrials, consumer discretionary. These would be our bigger players uh, representing double digits weightings in the portfolio, but you have exposure pretty much all across the board. And this is really one of the major benefits of investing in a all-in-one fund, right? If you just went out and bought a Canadian fund, which a lot of investors do, I'll just put that up a little bit. Like the Canadian market for those not familiar is very concentrated in a few major sectors. Like it's skewed, right? It's skewed to energy. It's skewed to financials. Think about the Canadian market. Can you guys name any good Canadian tech companies, right? What are you going to say? Like Blackberry? What are you going to say? Okay. That's just Blackberry's dead and gone, but you do have the Shopify's, you do have the constellations. I get it, but they're, the Canadian market lacks a lot of stuff. 
to be completely honest, as great as it is, as much as I love the Canadian market, you wouldn't have a 20% tech exposure if it was just a Canadian fund. But because this is diversifying, not only to the US, which has a lot of good tech companies, but also internationally, you get a nice healthy weighting here, which is in my opinion, for a growth fund, you gotta have your tech exposure. So you can already see the benefit of the diversity. What I will show you down here, guys, you have your bond credit ratings. Again, they're basically gonna be some of your higher quality bonds out there. But to me, we'll finish this segment off by just looking at the actual holdings. I'm sure you're curious. Well, what stocks do I own in these ETFs? Again, there's 13,000 of them. But the biggest holdings that you'd be looking at would be the companies like Apple, Microsoft, Royal Bank, and TD. So even within this top five, you got three tech companies out of the US, but you still have two big holdings in the financials. Nice and diverse. You got your energy exposure from Enbridge. You got Bank of Nova Scotia, CNR, a Canadian favorite, Bank of Montreal, and then Shopify. And again, these are just 10 of the 13,000 holdings. But um, nevertheless, guys, this is our first fund, Vigro. Who do I think this would be suitable for? I think this would be suitable for, honestly, a lot of investors out there that do want the all-in-one package, right? Definitely for investors that are seeking growth. Like if you want to grow your wealth, you are uh, essentially striving for longer term appreciation and gains. I think this is a phenomenal fund and it does provide you a little bit of protection with the 20% weighted to bonds. So if you're an investor that wants all out growth, like the most growth possible and you want hundred percent equities, we're going to cover that in just a second. But for a new investor, for somebody that's maybe not wanting to go all out, you kind of want growth, but in a reasonable way, taking an asset allocation with an 80, 20% weighting to bonds, this would be a phenomenal product again for a very, very cheap, you know, cheap fee. You can make that decision for yourself, but at the end of the day, 0.24% MER, very, very fair. And of course it's hosted by Vanguard. Like Vanguard is one of the most beloved and popular. So my screen recording just died out there, but I've got it going again. But what I was saying was that Vanguard is of course, one of the most popular and uh, respectable ETF providers out there. Nevertheless, I think it is a great option, but we can move on now here into our second product, which is essentially a, a carbon copy of it. It's just provided by someone else. If you did want an alternative to Vanguard for whatever reason, it is X grow again, very similar ticker. We're not going to spend all too long on this one just because it's very similar, but it's X grow. And this is provided by BlackRock. It's essentially the same fund but by a different provider and BlackRock is up there like BlackRock and Vanguard are basically neck and neck for two of the most popular ETF providers and credibility wise they have so much money in assets we don't need to go over all too much of this but I will just say this one trades for $23 uh, per share not that that matters the fact that you would look at this and say this one's 29 this one's 23 that this one's cheaper that's not how it works I've talked about that a lot of times on the channel, just we're not going to get into it, but it's 20, just shy of $24, 23 and a half to go purchase shares of this one. And with the uh, X-Girl fund, essentially the same thing. Again, not going to look at the returns here. They do actually have a longer history, excuse me. And here we see a 7% rate of return over a 10 year period. This is what I would kind of expect with a fund like this. But since inception, we see that this is down quite a bit, very likely could like the very likelihood chance is that this fund was incepted right before the 2008 crash and as we see just looking at this chart this includes literally one of the most devastating crashes in our history of the stock market hence why you have this kind of skewed inception thing but over a 10-year number you're looking at a seven and a half percent return right in line with what i would expect but um very simply here guys this fund is very very similar quarterly distributions pretty much identical yield one thing to note is that it does come in technically at a lower expense ratio. So if you're one of those people that says, well, I want the lowest fees possible and those few basis or those few points, those, you know, that 0.04 uh, is a 
big deal to you. Well, this one does come in at 0 .02, 0 0.20, sorry, excuse me, I can't really say that. 0 0.20 versus Vigro with 0 0.24, technically a cheaper fund. Again, nominal and not something that I would personally factor in. But if you were to look at all the holdings, you're gonna see the exact same idea. You know, different names, because they're obviously using their fund of, their product of funds. But here you have their S&P total stock market fund. That's equivalent to the Vanguard US stock market fund we looked at. You have your TSX capped composite. So the Canadian market fund, slightly different. Here we have the, the TSX capped composite. So just the TSX. Here it was technically the Canadian, you know, all cap index again just a slight difference and the funds will technically hold slightly different things but in general you got the exact same idea you got your international fund your various funds for bonds uh, if you looked at the sector breakdown this to me is what's important is understanding that it is still an 80 20 fund 80 percent equities 20 percent fixed income and if we were to go to the actual holdings and look at the underlying holdings like the actual stocks by tickling tickling over to this one you're going to see the exact same companies for the most part because again they're owning honestly almost the exact same thing. There are going to be slight differences, slight hint of return. But honestly, I just wanted to give you guys a couple options because if you didn't like Vanguard, well, BlackRock is an alternative. As you'll see, all of these different providers have their own take on the same funds, but these two are without a doubt the most popular. And as of MERs and fees, you could argue that this one is slightly lower, but it's up to you. I'd say go with the provider that you feel more comfortable with because these at the end of the day are gonna be very similar products. Let's move on to our higher growth one. If you guys are enjoying this, I'll remind you again, please drop a thumbs up. And also let me know maybe what you guys invest in. Do you guys invest in any of these? Are you more balanced with Vigro or are you all out growth? Because XEQT is our next one trading for $25 per share. It is part of the iShares group. So the BlackRock family, ticker XEQT. And this is our all equity portfolio. So stripping out the bonds, no 20% weighted to bonds. This is all gears forward, putting 100% into the uh, stock market. Uh, to read why... XEQT, uh, a simple and efficient way to gain exposure to a portfolio of ETFs that cover a diversified broad, broad region of all in one package. Okay, we get that. Um, let's just go down and take a look. Again, very, very short history here. So we're going to skim over it. But what we do see is probably some higher gains than the last fund. We'd see higher swings on the upper side, lower swings on the, on the downside. Because again, this is all equities. You don't have that bond component in it. But as we can see here, guys, number of holdings, in other words, how many stocks are you going to hold within this fund? Well, there's 9,500 less than the other one, but still uh, more diversification than you would need. Distributions we do see is less than the other fund. Obviously, distributions would be higher when you do have that income component from the bonds, at least to complement the dividends. This one is going to be a little bit lower as you go all towards stocks. You have a section here that will talk about some like characteristics if you guys do care for this and as well as business involvement. So if you're an investor that's really against certain things like oil sands, you can take a look at how much exposure there is. Again, you can't change it or anything. So it may be something that you just have to live with. But in terms of fees, you have a very, very fair 0.20% fee, same as the other fund. But if we look at the top 10 holdings, we will see no ETFs focused on bonds. Okay. We have our US stock market ETF. We have our TSX ETF, Canadian market, we have our international ETF, and we have our emerging markets ETF hitting all of the major areas that I think a Canadian investor at least would look at to look at the aggregate holdings in this one. Again, it's going to be the same thing, like except the fact that 100% of your money is invested into these rather than splitting some up into bonds. Do you guys get what I'm saying here? In terms of exposure, uh, let me just put myself down just a little bit here. 
Again, U.S. market being the largest, which again, I think it honestly should be. Canada coming in at 25%. Honestly, you're gonna have very similar exposure to the other ones because equity-wise, it's gonna be honestly the same just without the bonds. I, I feel like I already said that, but uh, that honestly is can sum it up. Like it's those funds stripping out the bonds and giving you 100% exposure to equities. Again, what that would mean is that over long periods of time, you'd expect more growth. If you're just going all into equities, it would also be a much more bumpy ride along the way. And that's why for, you know, who would this investor be for? This investor would be for somebody who is striving for growth. They want to be more aggressive. Um, maybe somebody that's a little more experienced and has the comfortability to ride the ups and downs of the market. You know, why I actually like VGrow a lot and XGrow for new investors is because it's good to kind of start a little bit more balanced when you're a new investor so that when the market crash does happen, you don't really lose your, lose all your emotions and your shirt and you get really, really panicked because you still have some, you know, bond component holding you up. You can maybe live through a crash. And if you, you know, realize that, Hey, the ups and downs mean nothing to you, then you can move up into a more aggressive portfolio. I think that makes a lot more sense than going the other way around where investors, they try to go for all out growth and then they realize, Oh crap, this DIY thing is actually a little more scary when, you know, the stock market crashes. I'm going to become a little more conservative of investor. I don't like going that way, but I do like going the other way. And again, this is still a growth fund like VGrow and XGrow are still growth funds. But if you're an investor that from the bat identifies, you want to be like an all out growth investor. This is going to be the play because it gives you a hundred percent weighted to equities as simple as that. I think it is a phenomenal option out there for that reason. Let's move on to our final option, which is the most conservative of the bunch here. Maybe for our older investors, maybe for someone in their middle ages or somebody who just wants to be a little more conservative with their money. We have the BMO balanced ETF ticker here is Z Bal. What you'll notice is basically if you become a little more familiar with ETFs, Vanguard ETFs almost always start with a V. So V Bal, V Grow, V uh, conserve, like, yeah, there's all V ones. Uh, the iShares one tends to start with X, so X grow or X bell. BMO suite of funds start with a Z, and I do love BMO suite of funds. Like, BMO is you have Vanguard, you have iShares, and BMO is like right up there as well for me. They are just such a trusted provider here in the Canadian market. I think there's actually, uh, you know, I think that they're one of the top, top options when it comes to ETFs. And uh, nevertheless, this one is a balanced ETF that we're talking about here today, guys. $33 per share. Again, that's rather irrelevant. But this fund actually takes a more conservative approach by essentially allocating up to 40% in bonds. And when I say up to 40%, it is 40%. Like that's what they target. As we can see, the benefits of this fund is it's designed for investors looking for a growth and income solution. So the other ones were more or less growth focused, right? Providing gains over the long haul. This one basically provides gains and income because we have 40% of the portfolio exposed to the fixed income market. If we go over here to uh, the overview, let's start here by looking at the annual distribution yield, the dividend, because this is the highest on the list that we've covered today. When you have 40% of your portfolio in these income producing assets, along with the dividends, you're going to have a higher dividend yield. And for certain investors, that may be a bigger priority is drawing in more income rather than growth. Well, here you're looking at 2.6%. The fee again is very, very fair, right in line with XGrow and XEQT at 0.20 distributions once again are quarterly. And what I'm going to do is actually go over to the holdings just to share with you guys. This ETF holds 10 different ETFs. Here's basically the breakdown, 60%, roughly 60% stocks. 
40% fixed income. So your traditional 60, 40 portfolio. If we do scroll down, actually, this is something that, uh, and again, it's always good to do, you know, your due diligence when you're doing this because on their website here, I don't believe that it's showing me properly the actual holdings. Like this is what comes up when I go to their website. So maybe it's a bug. Maybe my computer's not working properly, but it shows here that there's only, you know, 25, do the math, 25, seven, 10, like that's not a hundred percent. We're missing some funds here because, um, what you can do is actually click over to this fact sheet, which you can find on that page. And this looks to be the more accurate one, because if you look here on the right where it says top holdings, the top holding in this fund actually is a bond holding. So because there's a higher weighting to bonds, 26% of the fund is invested in the BMO aggregate bond fund, which again is just a fund that invests in a whole bunch of different bonds. Coming in at, a, that, at essentially that exact same weighting is the S&P 500, so the US weighting. You have 16% allocated to the TSX. You have your international exposure at 12%, more bonds, emerging markets, more bonds, and then small caps and then mid caps. These two are honestly so small that, yeah, they're quite small. But um, what's fascinating about this one to me is that when you look at the breakdown here, it does show you actually primarily exposure to Canada. And actually, I think a big reason for that is this actually does include the bonds within the portfolio. Because right here, we see the actually largest equity holding is still US, right? At 26%. They have 10% more in the US weighting than Canada. Yet here we see 50% of the portfolio invested in, in, uh, in the Canadian market. That's because to the best of my understanding, this does absolutely include the uh, bond component. Nevertheless, this is going to be a very, very suitable portfolio for somebody that is looking for more of a balanced approach. And again, here's basically just a visual way of looking at that 50% Canada, 29% US and so on and so forth. But um, that's going to be our fourth and final option for today's video basically going from like to summarize you have your two growth funds so let's call it vanguard v grow being a growth fund x grow being essentially the same fund just a different provider that you can pick between xeqt is our more growth more aggressive growth for those investors that are striving for all outs so you have growth growth more growth and then you have balance and even for a conservative investor who just wants to be a little more safer with it I think that going for a balanced approach like this is a very fair fund. Like a 60-40 fund is very, very fair uh, in the modern day. You could obviously go more conservative. Like they have an even more conservative option, which would likely be a 30-70, meaning only 30% in equities and 70% in fixed income. But to me, again, I I can't speak to all of you guys because it depends on you know what, what your age is and what your goals are as an investor. But these would be a very good suite of options to choose from. And again, you'd literally be buying one fund and knowing that your portfolio is balanced and uh, you know rebalanced and diversified, you don't ever have to go in and make any adjustments like in terms of the, the weightings, you own one fund and the fund does that for you. Your job is essentially to pick the fund that works best. And that's one of the major advantages of being an all-in-one index fund in investor right here in Canada. I really hope that you guys enjoyed today's video and you like the selection that I've shared with you guys today. If you did, a great way of showing your support is by just dropping a thumbs up and leaving a comment down below. Like, let me know, do either of these funds look good to you? Do you own them? Do you, are you thinking about owning some other ones? Like I'm all ears down in the comment section below. If you're not already subscribed, take a moment and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. We talk about all types of stock market content. I myself tend to be more of an individual stock investor, but I love ETFs. I love it. And I've promised you guys more content on ETFs. 
because some people think that I hate ETFs. Well, no, that's not the case. Um, I love ETFs and these are some great options to keep things so simple and so easy all in one funds. That'll wrap it up for today's video, guys. As always, we do have our investing academy down below. So if you are a DIY investor and you want to be part of a community, you want to have a place to ask questions, you want to meet others, you want training courses, you want everything, it's $20 a month. So $19.99 a month plus tax, you literally get 100 plus hours of training content. We will walk you through the step-by-step, -step, help you build your portfolio, help you pick the best funds, everything. Um, it's for, it's freaking awesome. And that's that first link down below. I'd really encourage you guys to check it out if you enjoyed today's video. But with that, I will wrap things up. As always, I thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.